damn, let's talk some shit. It's Polly Siegel and Victoria Aaron, two licensed therapists who've spent way too much money on degrees, certifications, and trainings. Mm. We both love what we do and couldn't imagine working in any other profession, but we're forced to be serious all the time, and that gets boring. Shit Talking Shrinks discusses important mental health topics, the human experience, and society at large, while poking fun along the way. It won't be all fun and games because after every episode, you'll walk away with tangible tools to navigate life more effectively. We love a tangible tool. Episode five, the sexual liberation movement. Mm. Mm. Let's get that movement going, baby. How you doing, Victoria? I am great. How are you doing? I heard you've had an interesting week. I have had an interesting week, and it's been a week filled with a lot of reflection and a lot of internal digging. Ooh, I love an internal dig. Yeah, because like we're processing everyone else's stuff. And so for me to actually have time to like look inward and be like, ooh, what yuck is coming up for me? Yeah. And then find clarity in it was kind of magical this week. Yeah. So for our people that don't know, right, obviously, Pauline and I have been releasing some pretty, I would say, authentic shit. And what Polly mm-hmm. told me this week is that she's gotten some pushback. Ah, t- t- push it. Ah, push it. Yeah. I have. And yeah. I could approach it in a way where I feel angry. Yet yeah. I actually don't feel angry. And I wasn't defensive when I received that feedback. And it came after episode four. Yeah. Because it put me in a position where I needed to seek greater understanding within myself. Mm. And that understanding now has led to this episode, which is very meaningful for not only our listeners, but for society at large. So just to put into context, we always knew that when we created this podcast, it wasn't going to be for everyone. Definitely not. Definitely not. There's a big percentage of the population that doesn't want to hear sexually explicit comments, that doesn't want to experience crudeness or vulgarness. Uh -uh. And I understand that. And I hold space that that's not for that audience. Yet the feedback that I got came from my closest people. Yeah. And I'm glad that they came forward with me around that because now I understand even greater our why. Yeah. Cool. It deepened the mission. Yeah. And I think the sexual liberation movement, which really started in the 1960s, was working towards a greater goal for women. And those comments that we make when they are sexually explicit or when we're being a little vulgar and a little cringy isn't just about the comment itself, but it's actually allowing us to fight against the shame that women experience within their sexuality. So it's really interesting, right? And I'm not like going on like a whole like soapbox about women, men, non-binary, whatever. I don't give a fuck. What I'm saying is the men that I talked to about our podcast, they also said that they experienced shame. They also said that they experienced certain uncomfortable feelings after, you know, fucking after the first date or they feel a similar pressure, actually. Interesting. Which I know that's like a micro example, but like we live in a micro moment. Well, and I think You know, when we are, when we're being that way, what we're really trying to fight against is this detrimental impact of sexual repression. And women have been sexually repressed for decades. I mean, we are told that we need to be ladylike. We're told that we need to fit into these molds and scripts around how 
around a presentation when in fact, the majority of us aren't living by those scripts, but we're forced to be quiet about it. And we're forced to present, I think, to the public in this inauthentic way because of the double standard in place, right? Men are allowed to be sexually liberal. They're allowed to go on sexual escapades and talk about it and bro out about it. And they're able to celebrate that. It's rewarded. Yet when a woman talks about having sex on a first date or doing something, quote, naughty, there's the immediate shame and there's the immediate of, ooh, that's not ladylike and that you should be embarrassed by that. And I'm not trying to be like a pick me ass bitch right now. Like, I'm really not. I just think that Sure, maybe society at large is like, yeah, fuck bitches, dude. But like the men that I literally know and talk to, right, they have similar internal processes. Mm-hmm. Some of them. Some of them. Right. But I would say at large, it's celebrated to be, you know, the man. Sure. Like the guy that picks up women and is charming and yeah. charismatic. And then, you know, that's like me. I'm the man. You are charming and charismatic for sure. Yeah. So it's like when we make sexually explicit comments, what's really driving that is I want to liberate women and create empowerment for women that you don't need to be quiet around your sexuality or your sexual escapades. You can celebrate that if it's internally meaningful to you. Then what do you do with the feedback around like what you're doing isn't right or what you're doing is derogatory or what you're doing isn't ladylike. Like, what do you do specifically? What did you do this week that led us to this point where we're like, we're amped up. We're doing this thing. Yeah. Well, I think at first when I got the feedback, I went into a shame spiral Mm -hmm. and I was really second guessing, oh, geez, am I doing something wrong? Mm -hmm. And then when I slowed down and I looked inward and I asked myself, what's the why, Paulina? What motivates you to say those comments for thousands of people that are listening? And for me, what it really is, is the sexual liberation movement is this counterculture that really, I think for me, helps me explore my mind and my body while freeing myself from personal shame, freeing myself from the self morally, legal and sexual confinement, and just within a modern America. I don't want to prescribe anymore to this script that women have to present a certain way. And comedians are doing this. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the Chelsea Handlers. Look at Nikki Glazer. Nikki Glazer. God, I fucking love her. Um, Whitney Cummings. Daddy Issues, who has an Instagram account, I mean, love her to death. Yeah. We are starting to speak out and breaking that mold. And I really think eroticism should be celebrated. You know what? I remember one time I was in Florida on a vacation, right? And I was watching this couple fuck in the pool from my room. (laughs) And I was like, oh, hell yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's Mm -hmm. so hot, number one. But also, number two, it's like, These motherfuckers are free. They are liberated. They are living. And like, I mean, having just had public sex for the first time this summer, it's dope. (laughs) (laughs) It feels good. You know what I mean? Like, you're just out here being like a caveman, you know, Mm, this primitive part of us that wants to be released. Yeah. 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 I feel liberated right now, girl. I do. I feel liberated because. I think it provides so much contextual information to 
the women that are listening that giggled like, oh, the date I went on last week and I boned him. Yeah. Like, good for you. Yeah. And I mean that with so much sincerity. Like, I'm glad that you allowed yourself to get your sexual needs met. Right. And I know that probably announcing that to the world might not be your process. I want to dismantle shame. I feel really, really passionate about that. That if I share with someone a sexual encounter that I had, I don't want to feel embarrassed or degraded by that, nor should I. No. I really do want to celebrate, and I know you feel this way too, and I want our women listeners to celebrate eroticism because it's a normal part of life. And we don't need to be repressed by family or this sexual morality and religion that westernized culture has created. I want to do it for everybody. Yeah, because you're speaking that men also go through that process. I think that everybody goes through the process. I think that like we talk about this in an upcoming episode when we talk about cancel culture. Like there is just this weird ass disease throughout America right now. Like Mm. in this moment, shit is weird. I think people are actually waking up from intense shame. Like I just lost my shame for the first time in my life. Mm. Literally from the time I could consciously feel shame, I felt it. Yeah. Till now. So, you know, we're talking about over two decades. I want that for everybody. I really do. Like, I think it's so powerful to just not give a fuck. And when I do do the internal digging and ask myself, like, why am I feeling this right now? Why do I feel like I'm bad? Mm -hmm. Because somebody gave me some feedback. You know, people are going to feel how they feel. But I'm also the flip of it is I'm grateful for the feedback. Okay, like what allowed me this week when someone pushed back on me. Yeah. Or a few people pushed back. I'm trying to get somebody pushed back on me. (laughs) (laughs) Hit it from the back, as they say. Hey, I liked that they brought it to my attention Mm. because and I'm happy that I felt shame. I know that that might seem counterintuitive. It does. But it allowed me to feel my drive, my motivation, my Mm. challenge to kind of shake up this systemic script that women have felt from 1900s onward. So you used it like you literally it was an exercise. It was an exercise. And when I was listening to the feedback, I was gentle. I was open. I was receiving. I wasn't defensive because I understand where people are coming from in this. Mm -hmm. I understand that being crude and vulgar and sexually explicit creates a visceral physiological response for people. Yeah. And they're wired to feel that way. We're conditioned to feel that way. And I don't have any blame for that. But I hope that through our episodes and even this particular one around the sexual liberation movement, that you and I can help others to start to challenge it in a more confrontational way. I love being confrontational. I want to fight, but in a loving way. Like at a Wendy's over a chicken sandwich. Over a guy. Over a guy. Well, I don't know if people have heard that episode, but it's coming. (laughs) It's coming. (laughs) And so we're all about talking about, you know, society at large, and this very much so falls into it. And I am curious, really, how we can help listeners start using a tangible tool or a set of tools to start to fight against the sexual repression that women have had to endure. I think, right? Brene Brown talks about it, right? She's a shame specialist. I mean, so many shame, shame shamans, shamanics, shame shamans. Shamanics, they're demons now. (laughs) There's so many shame shamans out there. But it's like the first thing is fucking bringing it to the light. 
Yes. Like all this stuff that has existed in darkness, like all these secrets that people keep around their escapades, around like what they're doing and what they won't tell people, like bring it out yeah. to people. You could take feedback really, really nicely. Right. But like, I think being first and foremost, like bring it to people that will be understanding. Let it out. And I would add to that, let it out if it allows for empowerment. Sure, sure, sure. Everyone has their boundaries. And if you don't want to talk about your sexual life, that is a okay. Mm -hmm. However, if there's a desire to be able to share with others and laugh about it with others and and be able to find the connection in it within your friend group, then allow that empowerment to be because systems don't change unless we shake them. Yes. And I think our comments shake it a little bit, right? We make people uncomfortable and that's a good thing. I think because discomfort allows for an opportunity to grow and change and evolve. Yes. You know, when I think about this tangible tool, the first thing that I will say for everyone is when you get pushback or someone confronts you in a way that brings shame to be able to challenge that person and say, why do I need to feel shame? Mm -hmm. Like ask that person, why should I feel shame by me sharing this? Yeah. Why do I need to? change my behavior because it makes you uncomfortable? Ooh, that's a powerful question. And then I think in addition to that is really offering the why behind those comments are meaningful in fighting against sexual repression and promoting the sexual liberation movement. Like explaining to people, I say these things because I want to dismantle shame because I want people to feel liberated and empowered. I say these things because I want women to be free and I want them to experience the same resources and privileges that men have had for centuries with their sexuality. Mm. Women should not feel any different by that. And we're not less of a person because we have sex on a first date. We're not less of a person because we like to talk about blowjobs. We're not less of a person because we've had numerous partners. Our value is not dependent on any of that. Can we just pause really quick? Have you also heard the stereotype that Jewish girls are amazing at blowjobs? Yes. I think it's true. <laughs> I, I have gotten some incredible feedback. I have heard that, um, which I feel proud to represent. I am proud of that. And I know you're coming at it from this feminist les- <laughs> from this feminine lesbianism. Yeah. I know you're coming at it from a feminist lens. And I am offering another perspective that I'm just coming at it from a humanist lens. I just think that we should all be fucking free. Like we should just be free. So you bring it up if that's something that you you're feeling like you want to do. You honor it. You honor the call to like talk about it. Tangible tool one. Well, and not only talk about it, but when you get pushback, really invite that other person to be curious and reflective to go help me understand why I need to feel shame. Help me to understand why I need to change my behavior. And here's the reason why I say these things, because it's much deeper than the sexually explicit comment. Yeah, 100%. I just burped up a burger. That's so okay, because we are liberated bitches. That that went right in your face. (laughs) Oh, it's not bad. And I think the other tangible tool is learning how to sit in the discomfort Mm. that comes from sexual liberation. Oh my gosh. It is uncomfortable for so hundreds of thousands of women because of the conditioning that we've gone through. Yeah. So learning how to ride the wave of those emotions, knowing 
that in order for us to make a systemic change, we have to sit in that discomfort, move through it to get to the other side of it. And that you don't actually need to change your behavior to eliminate the discomfort. You don't have to do anything different. No, you don't. And the Nikki Glazers and all of these comics that have really been like, here I am, here's my roar. They are helping to change the system for women. We're doing that. Yeah, I mean, we're doing that. And we're also allowing people, hopefully, to feel motivation to be part of the movement. By golly, I'm so proud of us. I am proud of us. Me too. I actually am. And I'm proud of the the work in this area that both of us feel so passionate about. So I think a lot of people might be wondering, well, how do I sit in discomfort? Because that's a really hard concept to even conceptualize. Distress tolerance is bar none, the most difficult thing for especially our generation and Gen Z to cooperate with. A hundred percent. Yeah. So there's a technique called expansion. Let's expand. So this can be applied to any form of discomfort, not necessarily related to like women's sexual repression or shame around sexuality. Mm -hmm. So this is a tool that can be applied to all different types of discomfort. I want to walk you through it. Take me for a walk, babe. So First and foremost, you have to label what emotion's coming up. So let's use me as an example. This week, I felt some shame. Shame, shame. So after you identify and label the emotion, Mm -hmm. then I want you to ask yourself, where is the shame sitting in my body? Yeah. So for me, shame is very much so in my chest. Once I locate it in my body, then I want you to imagine if you pulled it out of your body and you were to hold it, Mm. what does it look like? So give it colors, textures, shapes. It can be an object, a character, a creature, whatever you want, but you get really descriptive. Okay. Give it a temperature. How much does it weigh in your body? If you could give it it a microphone, what would it say to you? Oh my God. I love this. Okay. You got a little shame monster in your hand. I did. And so when I imagined it, it was like this little gremlin in me that was like, Paulina, your comments are bad. You're not good enough. You're going to be ostracized. You're going to be isolated by these comments. And so I was opening up to what that shame was trying to tell me and not do so in a judgmental way, but in a very curious exploratory way of like, okay, I have this visualization. I can close my eyes and imagine this gremlin sitting in my chest. Mm. And then the next thing is using our breath to open up and move in it. Fuck. So like, remember the square breathing we taught everyone, the four, seven, eight method? Yeah. Okay. So you inhale through your nose for a count of four. Mm -hmm. Belly distends. Yeah. You hold for a count of seven and then release for a count of eight through your mouth. But as you're breathing out, I want you to imagine your breath going into the emotion. Mm -hmm. So I imagined my breath going into the gremlin and circulating the gremlin and opening up to him. And by just expanding, which is why the tool is called expansion. Yeah. I was able to move through it and it wasn't bombarding me anymore. It is the most powerful tools that I teach my clients, but also that I use on a daily basis for my own emotional regulation. Yeah. Yeah. You can't see me right now, people, but I'm fucking blown away. Yeah. You'll have to let me know when you try it. When you feel shame by something in the world that makes you feel like shit. When's that going to (laughs) happen? Probably tomorrow because we live in a shame-based society. I don't know. So after I'm breathing through it, I want you to do 10 sets of that. So four, seven, eight is one set. Do it 10 times. Imagine you're moving through this gremlin, opening up. 
And then I want you to do another 10 sets. But on your exhaled breath, you're going to repeat a mantra of acceptance. Mm. I don't like this right now. It will pass. This is uncomfortable. I can handle it. This is temporary. Something that acknowledges the emotion, but also reassures the brain that it's a not a permanent state of yeah, being. Yeah. So on your exhale, you repeat your mantra. And what I will tell everyone is after you do that, you're going to experience that emotion vastly differently. Mm. After I did that, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm connected to my why. Oh, like I know. I just came. <laughs> I did. Was it a good orgasm? It was so good. It was intense. It was, it was an intellectual orgasm. It was electrifying. Yeah, dude. So- Expansion, use it generally. Anger, shame, loneliness, jealousy, whatever's coming up for you. And especially as women, we continue to be sexually liberated. Use it when you get pushback. Yep. I don't know if you have any other tools to add here, but I just want to continue to hit home. Start talking about it. Celebrate it. Live by it. If it goes against a boundary, that's okay. Yet if there's part of you that really wants to talk about a hilarious hookup that you've had, do it. Do it. All right. Well, we really love you. I I do. I love you, kid. Big, big love. Big, big love. I hope this episode not only provides context to how we navigate our episodes, but also leads to a little bit of motivation to be a queen and to be a goddess. Dude. Yes. Okay. Bye. 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 